When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tom, you brought a pretty cool uh, new rig to the house yesterday, and I, I got to say, I got to drive it, and I was pretty blown away by it. I didn't want the thing, but now I want it. Is it a Segway? It's not a Segway. Is it a push scooter? No, it's not a push scooter. <laughs> and it's one that we already have, and I thought to myself, you know what? We already have one of these. Why do I want this new version of it? And now I want the new version of it. Yeah, so I, uh, I brought home the new Ford Bronco Raptor, and you kind of got a chance to zip it about. And it's funny because last week I was actually in Palm Springs, California, where Ford had set up this really hard rock crawl course and then some super high-speed desert running, and I got to see what it was like out in the dirt as well. So you're going to get our full, clear impressions of this vehicle, talk about the good and the bad of what it's like to drive the new Bronco. Yeah, yeah. So let's get right into it, Tommy, uh, because last week we, of course, did a really interesting podcast talking about solid-state batteries. Uh, which was a good segue into the other thing we're going to talk about. And I know we've talked about this over at uh, Talking Trucks, but we need to talk about it. It's such a huge seismic shift. We also need to talk about the new Lightning because we got to go drag race it, and we got to go drag race it against cars. You see how I did that, how I'm working this into a car <laughs> topic as opposed to a truck topic? Yeah, and so, so Andre doesn't come and beat me up. I have another thing we can talk about, which Andre and I just barely touched on, which was we we actually recovered our stuck electric car. So I ran an electric car completely out of electricity, kind of like an idiot, and we got stuck on the side of the road, and then we uh, successfully successfully ran a recovery service to get it unstuck. All right, well that's what we're talking about in this episode. So let's hit the music, uh, and let's get right into it. All right, Tommy, Raptor, Bronco, or is it Bronco Raptor? Well, it is whatever you want to call it, the most extreme Bronco they've ever made. So it's the, uh, the, the, the widest, the tallest, probably the most powerful even, and just an absurd amount of uh, off-road gear. So let's not go into all the details because we did that in last week's podcast. So if you want to listen to our first kind of deep dive into it, Click on the last episode, but let's talk about what happened when you brought it home. First of all, the neighbors just freaked out. I mean, just freaked out. It's kind of a weird thing, though, because... He, he was ready to put down money on it. He wanted <laughs> it that bad. Half the Well, he also goes through cars like every three weeks. Half the cars on the, uh, the that you kind of pass on the road kind of notice it as something special, but the other half just think it's a, a normal Bronco. So it's kind of hit and miss whether or not people recognize it. You know, it's got unique uh, gills on the side. It's got a unique headlight signature. It's got unique taillights. It's got unique uh, Raptor stickers all over it. And this uh, eruption green uh, that you 
we have for a week is a pretty incredible color. I, I think the thing that really makes it obvious that it's a Raptor version of the Bronco are the giant, and I mean giant, uh, fender flares. I mean, those things stick out. How many inches is that? It's eight, uh, nine, 9.8 9 inches wider in total and 8.6 <sighs> inches wider in the so, track width. So let me put that in perspective, right? It's as wide as a Raptor. F-150. It's as wide as a semi-truck. Well, the, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. yeah it's yeah. as eight wide feet, as I six think. Six inches. That's as a, wide as you can legally make a vehicle. Eight feet six inches. Isn't it eight feet seven inches. Well, I'm sure somebody will correct us <laughs> in the comments, but I think it's eight, I think eight feet six inches. So it has to have those little lights, right? The marker lights. Yeah, that tell you how wide it is. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, when you get behind the wheel of the thing, uh, first thing you immediately notice is like this is the thickest steering wheel I have ever held in my hand. I, I, I got to say, it's like the size of a. Uh, baseball bat. It's that thick. It's and I'm not talking th about the hand part. I'm talking about the part you hit the ball with. No, that's not that thick. It's a close That's that. a little bit of an exaggeration. It's too thick, though. No, it's not. There's no such thing. I don't understand why modern cars' steering wheels are so thick. It's getting a little bit much. And then the other thing you realize is... Oh, uh, no, I'm not done on my rant. All right, all right. Go, go, do a Tommy rant. Why have car steering wheels gotten so thick? It depends on the brand. No, it, across the board, though. Like FCA does thick steering wheels. If you're driving a car from the 1970s... It's these nice little like delicate, yeah. It's these little delicate steering wheels, and they they they're, they they kind of had those little ribbings in the back, so they're good to hold on to. Uh, I was just in a new Ram 3500. Have you ever been in a Ram 3500 with the wood steering wheel? Yes. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I have these ugly long fingers, and I can barely like grasp onto it, let alone a few. Little I said FCA or Stellantis. I should be saying now is one of the companies that does put very thick steering but wheels. But why? What's the point? I mean, they're too thick now. You grab the vehicle by its scruff of its neck and you feel like you're uh, holding on to, you know, the thing and you've got a lot of control, whereas the dainty little thin steering wheel, it just feels like very 1950s. It feels very old-fashioned. I like and them. Like, they're comfy. They like, got... like, 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 remember, like the Lincoln Continental? Yeah. Uh, that is, you could just, the, the big thing, like when your dad, my no, my dad, your grandpa, was driving these Continentals and Cadillacs. You would drive them with one finger, right? So you put a finger on that spoke and you would just turn it. It had power steering. And I think that was a reaction to the fact that cars had just started getting power steering, right? So in the old days, you had to really, like, work the wheel because it was heavy. And then they went to this power steering and you could drive it with your pinky. So they wanted to show how delicate it was and how, you know, how simple it was to drive. So they went to these little, you know, thin steering wheels. But now, because you're behind the wheel of, in the case of the Lightning, uh, almost 600 horsepower monster, you really want to grab that thing by the scruff and have a good good handle on it because you want to be able to control it. You're a little off on your horsepower there. It's 585, isn't it? Oh, I thought you meant on the, the Lightning. The, I thought you meant on the Brat Bronco. I said Lightning. That's um, also got a very thick steering wheel. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I just don't understand it. I've got this 71 Bug. It's got this nice little wheel, right? It does what it needs to do. It turns a vehicle. Why do I have to be like grasping on for dear life when I'm just driving to school or driving to uh, driving to work? Well, plus now they're leather and back then they were like, you know, plastic. Or well, Bakelite, they're Bakelite, like this yeah. high quality plastic or metal, some were metal or wood. Yeah, I don't know. I just the whole thick steering wheel thing is kind of getting going too far. And then they then, then they would you know spear you in the chest in case when you got in an accident because that well that was not ideal. <laughs> no, that was not ideal. Yeah, the the, the non collapsible <laughs> steering column. We have we have definitely improved since then. And, and also, I suppose it has to do with the fact that uh, now we've got electronic steering. Well, right. it's so so, even so, so less of a point of know, having a huge... In some cars, there's no actual connection between the steering wheel and the front wheel. So then why does it need to be as thick as, like, 
um, I don't know. The baseball bat is a good analogy used, or like a stone. Why? It just feels it's cool. It's just hip. It's right. It's I don't know. It's just it just feels like it should be. Anyway, at some point it's uh, just right. going to be like a solid chunk of leather that you turn the car with. There's no way to grasp on it. It's just going to be like a bunion on the on so, the steering column. So the other thing you immediately notice when you get behind the wheel is that the dashboard's different. Right, they got rid of the traditional plastic speedometer, and now it's all digital. Which is probably better. Yeah, so it's got full digital gauges, and there's also performance view, which I got you in, and then immediately and you couldn't get, get me out I of got it. Out, I got it out of that mode eventually, but that kind of centers the tack, and then puts your gear indicator front and center. And then there's just a lot of like um, orange custom. No, yeah, well, it's seatbelt orange, but you can customize it to your preferences. So. First of all, there's a button on the steering wheel that lets you change the exhaust from like, is it quiet to normal to Baja to race? There's four different exhaust notes. I think levels. it's it's quiet, normal, sport, and Baja. Yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I got to say, what you, you've had a good description of what it sounds like in Baja. Well, yeah, it sounds like a um, like a mid two thousands Nissan three fifty Z. Yeah. That VQ style like howl that that the old Nissan products used to do when you put like big exhaust on them. Uh, which is not exactly a great noise. V6s just don't sound good. Unless you're an Alfa Romeo GTV6, which this That's is definitely the only not. Only Italians can make it sound good. Yeah. You know, Ford has literally twisted their exhaust into a pretzel with the Raptor, and it's still, you know, augmented on the interior. We just had the uh, we just have the uh, Tundra TRD Pro Hybrid with the TRD exhaust on it, mm-hmm. uh, and it also doesn't sound great. No. I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah, they just don't have a very good... Although this is one of the better-sounding V6s I've heard recently, because it, it, when you put it in Baja mode and really good on it, it does... I mean, it does sound very unique. It's just not not a replacement for an old-school lumpy V8, that's for sure. You're right are, about that. We are past the time when exhaust got super loud, right? So I remember when Jaguar first did that kind of backfire where they fed oil, I'm sorry, gas, oil. <laughs> gas into the uh, chamber so that it backfired on purpose. And when those were like on throttle, they were incredibly loud. And then of course, uh, Stellantis with the Hellcats also got very, very loud. Uh, but this, oh, and then the, the Corvette. I remember the previous generation Corvette, not the current Corvette, not the C8, but the C7 uh, with the Grand Tour that we had. Remember how loud that was with the, with the Baffles open on the exhaust. I'm not really sure we're past that time, though. I mean, yeah, you know, European uh, sound regulations. Yeah. yeah, but like the 911 GT3s are still some of the loudest cars on the road. The new ones are supposed to be so loud. The GT4 you just drove was incredibly loud. And the Huracan STO. Yeah, but yeah. These, are, these are race cars, right, for the road. So yeah, maybe some of the exotics, and maybe when people like you know, obviously delete their cats and delete the <laughs> exhaust on their. Subarus or on their, you know, Lamborghini Gallardos or Huracans, they're still loud. But but from the factory, the loud exhausts, I think, are going away, except well, for these very expensive exotics. And Jaguar's still committed to them. So, like, the new F-Pace SVR. Except they don't sell Jaguars. Well, they do. You can go buy one. Yeah, they just don't sell a lot nobody, of them. I should say, unfortunately, that's a whole other podcast, why Jaguar isn't selling. But we'll leave that to another day. F-Pace SVR is supposed to be absolute insanity in its sound, the SUV. So they're out there. I drove it. It's loud. Yep. But it's not as loud as uh, a Huracan STO. Well, yeah. <laughs> or the, uh, that's like saying your fart is not as windy Por- as a hurricane. Or the Porsche GT4 RS. <laughs> you want oh, a loud sure. car. <laughs> that's a loud car. It's like saying your, your candle is not as bright as a forest fire. So uh, let's keep going. So you can customize the exhaust, and then you can also customize the steering, right? Yep. So you got normal sport and comfort modes on the steering. And to me... Um, that is a little bit, uh, basically just makes the steering heavier. 
It doesn't give you more feel. And no, you're just, right. Exactly. Because you're rolling on 37s. Let's, let's face it. If you want feel, 37 off-road tires are not exactly ideal for carving canyons. They're probably ideal for running Baja, but you don't want, you know, you know, what you want on the Baja is not steering feel, I don't think. And I've never raced the Baja. I'm thinking you want good suspension, which it has, right? It has active shocks that can uh, actually uh, keep you from bottoming out when it's in the air. It knows that. Oh yeah, these are really smart. Same suspension idea as the F-150 Raptor. Now I want to talk about really briefly, yeah. uh, on the press drive of this vehicle, they put us off-road, and, and like a lot of manufacturers do that, and usually it's like, oh, look, there's a little stone or a pebble or a log. But actually, we did a rock crawl course in this thing yeah, how that was, was easily 8, 9 out of 10. It was a very famous... Um, you were in Johnson's Valley, right? Well, it was actually one of the very famous King of the Hammers crawl sections. It was called, like, um, something... I, I forget the name. i got to look at the video. No, Yeah, it's some, something silly like that. But it was like an 8 or 9 out of 10 difficulty. Blood I mean, clincher? No, it was something... <laughs> Something, her, oh, it's called Her Problem. Oh. That's what it was called. Her Problem. I remember it now. And card. I'm coming with good names for hard obstacles. So there were like these two, three-foot boulders that we were going over, and we went over this waterfall, and it was like spotters every two feet because it was that hard. But what they had to do to make it work is they had to remove the whole front end, basically. So it's got these removable end caps and fog lights and arrow bits, and they stripped them off, and it looks kind of goofy in that mode. But what it means is that you can get that front end up Super steep obstacles. And even with that independent front suspension, um, which all the Jeep people like to nag on it for, disconnect that sway bar, lock the diffs, and it's just crawls over everything. It's yeah. amazing. So, you know, this is a true rock crawler. So front and rear lockers, center locker, all disconnectable sway bar, except that it's independent versus solid axle. But that's kind of unusual, right? Because yeah. the Raptor's always been known for let's go blast across the desert, not let's go crawl up this cliff. And we were crawling up the cliff in the morning and then blasting across the desert in the afternoon. One thing it's not very good about it from a rock crawl standpoint is you put it in low range, um, and this has this is a different gearing setup than other Broncos. I think it's got 470 gears in it in the axles. You put it in low range, first gear is nice and slow, right? But if you're in automatic mode and you go just a little bit too fast for first gear in low range, it goes into second, and it just goes BAM! I mean, it slams you in the back when you go from first to second. So you really, when you're in low range doing rock curling, you want to put it in the manual setting, because that first to second shift was violent. Second to third, third to fourth is okay. But yeah, I mean, it really, really amazed me off-road in the rock curl section, but there's a problem. What's that? Because we were at Johnson Valley, King of the Hammers, yeah. amazing boulders, crazy terrain, lots of space. You get this thing out to a Colorado trail. Where we have trees. Where you're like trying to thread the needle between lots of trees. trees. Holy bejesus, that thing would be an absolute stressor trying to get that thing to some of our Colorado trails. It's just so wide. You know, none of that matters because the reaction. Because never going to go off road. Yeah, the reaction from our neighbors <laughs> were, was like they, they were mouth open jaw dropping like i want this right now because it just it screams like ultimate cool toy right this is what people want these things for often right it's about having something that's fun and that uh, shows off their off-road lifestyle credibility and i don't know if there's anything outside of a jeep 392 that does it as much and speaking of the 392 uh, how does it compare 
Well, I've... exhaust note is better on the Jeep. That's a V8. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And the Jeep, I think, is quicker. Uh, it's got more horsepower. So this is 410. Yeah, I it's not that quick. The no. Jeep, no, it's not that quick. No. I think the Jeep is 470. But rolling on 37, you're not going to be that quick. No, you're not going to be that quick. But what Ford did really well, and this is a really big missed opportunity for Jeep, is Jeep went through all the effort to 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 put that powertrain in the vehicle. Yeah, it's got a Hemi 480 horsepower, 480. It's like 470. Maybe 470, yeah. So I might be off by So they went through all this effort to slam a 6.4 liter into this narrow off-road vehicle. But then they didn't touch the design practically at all. Right, they gave it some kind of gold tow hooks, but the, I mean, it looks like a normal Jeep. Yeah, this looks this, especially with those shark gills on the front. And if you're spending fenders, seventy, yeah. eighty thousand dollars for Which your is what this costs. ultimate off-roader, yeah. you you want it to look special. So if we had pulled that Wrangler three ninety two into our driveway, our neighbor wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. But we pulled this in with those crazy flares and the 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 gills on the side. Our neighbor's like, "What in the hell is that?" Right, and that is what I think someone buying a Raptor really does care about. They they want it to look the part, and that is the biggest missed opportunity with the three ninety two. So, you know, we, we Ford is just like on a roll right now, right? They're just, you know, like bashing them out of the park one after another. First, the Maverick, you know, with 40 MPG compact pickup truck, you know. And then before that, actually, second was the Maverick, came the first Bronco, right? Uh, once again, crazy off the hook. The Raptor has been a huge, huge success. And now, of course, we got the new Raptor R coming with... Uh, the mighty uh, V8. So tell me about that because you got a sneak peek when you were uh, in uh, Johnson's Valley. Well, basically, we got done with all of our off-roading for the day, and then we were in this like dry lake bed, and they said we have something to show you, and then they zipped past us. They did two donuts at a distance in the F-150 um, Raptor R, and the only thing they could tell us was F-150 Raptor R, V8, coming later this year. That was all they told us. They did a donut, right? And we tried to pry the information out of them, and they just were like, nope, that's all we're saying right now. But yeah, they did the donut, and you could hear the V8 sound, which was amazing. But you could also hear like a supercharger whine, and I think the rumors are correct based on what I heard. I probably does have a version of like the 5.2 liter supercharged V8, which would be just insane in that vehicle. So I'm going to take a little bit of break right now and uh, do a little commercial from our sponsor, which is TFL. Uh, we're trying to, guys, we're trying to... <laughs> Wait, we're sponsoring ourselves sell, now? Yeah, we're trying to get, uh, first of all, our new uh, TFL Bids website up and running. Uh, so we're selling a lot of our vehicles. So this week uh, we've got the Golf R, 2013 Golf R, uh, that has like 70,000 miles on it. Uh, Tommy says 80,000. Something like Anyway, it's up there. <laughs> Take a look at it. We bought it. Uh, we use it for a bunch of drag races, and we're kind of done with it. So if you want a... a one owner, well, we bought it from the original owner, now a two owner because we've had it. Uh, Golf R, uh, it's up on TFL Bids. Uh, check it out. Uh, and then, of course, we keep getting, like, you guys are great. You keep sending us uh, stories that are breaking. And uh, the problem is, of course, this is our business. We take a lot of pride in being up on the latest news. And so, like this week, somebody sent us a story of the new potentially all-wheel drive uh, Maverick, I think it is, right? Right. And I, I replied, just go to alltfl.com where we have you know all of our podcasts, all of our Instagram posts, everything. Uh, and it's there. The story's there. So before you send us breaking news tips, just check out alltfl.com because chances are we're on top of it and hopefully we are covering it 
uh, from a unique perspective. Anyway, that's 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 the uh, sponsor bit. And now for another word from our sponsors. Okay, you got another one. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, if you guys have truck or SUV or car questions you want to ask us, the uh, you can send us an email. Um, info at TFL Car, right? Or ask a TFL truck. Yep. Or if you really want to make sure that your questions are answered, Andre has done something really cool over at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TFL Car. You're welcome to send us a direct message, and then you'll definitely get your question answered on the podcast. So we really appreciate all of our Patreon members, because that's the only reason we can make this happen. Now back to the Bronco real quick. Yeah, here's, a, here's an idea I had when I, when I saw um, our neighbors go crazy over this thing, right? Yeah. I think they're going to cannibalize sales from the Raptor. I think if you have a Raptor and you love the Raptor, but you're sick of having a pickup truck, which is long and hard to park, this is as cool. It's you know as off-road worthy. Yeah, but you're never going to be able to buy one. <laughs> well, that's the issue. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that, but Tommy, you know, this week the stock market went below thirty thousand for the first time. Uh, you know, we're seeing what might be the beginning of a recession. Yeah, and, but you have a, been saying that for the last six no, months. No, but in America, when that pendulum swings, so I know. Yeah, let's a, wait. Let's wait to, before you say you won't be able to buy one. Wait till like uh, September. Like, give it three months and see if you know an eighty thousand dollar Bronco is going to be more uh, unobtainium or less with, you know, less money. All those crypto people who made, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands uh, on crypto have lost all that money, unfortunately for them. Uh, and so maybe there's less money out there for things like Bronco Raptors and more money for things like rent. I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but um, I think there's still going to be enough money out there, even if we are in a recession, for that to be a super I mean, it's, it's so cool. it high-demand cool. vehicle. Now, they actually did take us on a desert running course, too, in the afternoon, yeah. where we got a chance to drive a race course. Did you have to wear a Haas device? Yeah, all Hans, of it. Uh, Haas? 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 Haas device. Haas device. Uh, is it Haas or Haas? No, <laughs> not Haas. Well, I don't wear them a lot. <laughs> so we were all... We, we were, we put Haas, on, Mr. Haas. Yeah, yeah. Hans. So, Hans. So why is it called a Hans device? Well, probably the was guy. Was Hans? Was his first name Hans? I don't know the full story. I shouldn't like, be making money. Like, I don't know why it's called a Hans device. But yeah, Hans device. I think it's Hans. Now you got to be freaked out. Anyway, someone will let us know. Was, was it like a German dude? His name was, hey, Hans, did you keep you... Uh, uh, Safe when driving very quick race cars and not break your neck? Well, I've created this device like that. So we put on the helmet and the Hans device and we ripped through the desert. And we were doing some of these um, the roads, which and I don't do a lot of high-speed desert running because we're in Colorado and it just doesn't really exist here. But we were doing stuff that in my Wrangler, I'd probably be able to do like 20 miles an hour over. And we were hitting it at 50, 55. And that was probably being conservative to not break the vehicle. So but it was jump it? incredible. Yeah, we jumped it too. How far are you off the ground again? I have no idea. Do you think it would be more than an inch? Um, you probably know. more than an inch, less than 10 feet. How did it feel when it came down? Great. It was amazing. It, so those active shocks, they, uh, they, uh, they, they stiffen up so that you don't slam into the, the, the jounce bumpers too hard. But, yeah, I was so amazed with how quick you could just tackle some of this terrain. I mean, and, and you would hit bumps and you'd, like, clench your butt because you thought it would just be like, oh, man, this is the end of it. And it would just go bloop. Take it all. Take it all. So if you guys are out there listening to this podcast uh, uh, on Monday, which is when this airs, and you have a 392, we'd love to get one here at the office. We've got the Bronco Raptor until the end of the week, so we'd love to drag race it. I think that'd be a really cool video. So if you're in Colorado or can come to Boulder, uh, shoot us an email at asktfl. Um, ask, 
Ask.tfltruck.com or Info.tflcar. Either one of those will get to all of us. Uh, And if you have a 382, let us know. And if you can bring it, and if you want to drag race it, we'd love to compare the two, do a head-up video. Not doing anything serious, just, you know, park them next to each other and kind of compare and contrast them. Or take them to the drag strip and see which one is quicker. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, So, yeah, love to get uh, you guys on the channel and make you a star along with your Jeep. Uh, all right, Tommy, shall we switch gears? Okay. Uh, so you had a little bit of fun with the Mini SC. Tell me what, what you did. Well, uh, we wanted to see if the F-150 Lightning, the all-electric truck, could um, rescue a stranded electric car. So imagine you're driving your Tesla or like whatever. Towing, you mean? No, 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 like actually charge it because it's got the, the 11 kilowatts of onboard power, the 10 point something kilowatts of onboard power. Okay. So I, my idea was to do a range test on the Mini from 100 to zero and then end back up at the office at zero and then, you know, plug it in. Because yeah, you know you know, Farley, the CEO of Ford, trolled Tesla with that. Well, yeah, because they're selling F-150 Lightnings with this adapter so you can charge a Tesla using the Ford um, charge connector, which is kind of fun. I kept ours didn't come with it. Yeah, ours, hey, Ford, where is ours? I thought we were going to get that little, yeah, what the heck? little dongle. So we don't have the dongle. Anyway, so I was like, all right, I'll drive the little mini till it runs out of electricity, and that'll be at the office so that we're nice and safe and we can plug it in. That was the plan. It did not go to plan, though, because um, you wanted me to run our new uh, MPG gauntlet, which is from here to Fort Morgan in Colorado. Nice, consistent test, very repeatable. Um, And Andre said, oh, yeah, it's just slightly uphill on the way back from Fort Morgan. Turns out it's a lot more than slightly uphill on the way back from Fort Morgan. So he turned around at 51%, which gave me a 2% buffer. And then putting along, and I'm looking at the consumption. I'm like, ooh, seems like we're using a lot of electricity on the way home. (laughs) And then, sure enough, I get within, like, 10 miles of the office. We're down to, like, 5%. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to make it because it's got 114 miles of range, the Mini. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I turn off the highway into some back roads, which is more direct, too. I wanted to cut down on the distance, slow the speeds way down, putting along 4%, 3%, 2%, 1%. And we've got this huge hill. So then we drive up this big hill with like 2%, make it to the top with zero, and then start coasting down the hill. It's still running, by the way. Still have all the access to the power. Turn left onto this little uh, back road, back to the office. And we were at 0% for like three miles. So even if it says 0%, you it's, still can Yeah, go. you still got some life in the life in the pack. Okay. And then it's got this power meter, which tells you how much access to acceleration you have. And it was full. And then it was like 50% and then 30%. And we were within like three or four miles of the office. And I'm like, oh, we might make it. We might make it. We're still at 30% available power. And then it just goes blue, 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 blue. And that was it. That was it. And then, unfortunately, it went blue, 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 blue in front of this guy's farm who has peacocks. And, <laughs> and the unfortunate part was because Tommy called. There was two unfortunate things. Um, so he calls me and he says, hey, can you come rescue me with the lightning? I'm like, no problem. I'll be right there. And I'm like, do you have the dongle? Well, I, yes. That? I forgot that the uh, – this is um, – so there's a 240 240- – 240-volt outlet on the Lightning, 7.2 kilowatts, which is exactly what we need. But the plug is not a standard NEMA 1450 like a wall plug. It's this twist-in generator style. And you can buy the adapter. I just completely forgot, because I'm stupid, that we needed the adapter. So why didn't Ford just give it the right plug? Why did Um, it make it so convoluted I don't know why they went with, like, the generator. Like, Honda, Generac, they all use that style. Yeah, why not just go with the, if you know, if you're going to be... So if you want to actually charge a Tesla, not only do you need an adapter... 
for the plug that goes into the Lightning, but you need an adapter for the plug that goes into the Tesla. Yeah, you need double adapters. You need, you need double dongles. I think, honestly, that it probably makes sense, like that little twist in yeah. style. Uh, they, they make adapters for RVs using that style that go to everything. So, so they figured, let's go to a generic one, and then someone can adapt so, to what so they need. I, so I get there, and now Tommy, we push. Actually, the car had a little bit of power, so we drive it to this farmhouse. Wait, we, well, it was completely out. I turn it on and off again, yeah. and it gives you like a little emergency. Yeah, like, like if you need to pull up on a, on a tow truck. Yeah, so you back it up to this guy's farmhouse because we don't want to be on the main road, which is dangerous. Um, and uh, I'm like, hey, where's the dongle? And you're like, you forgot it. And then the damn peacock goes off like an alarm clock. I do not understand the use or utility of peacocks outside <laughs> of a zoo, but they are loud critters, man. Those are some loud, loud birds. So because Every we didn't, yeah, go ahead. Because we didn't have the dongle, Andre, um, Andre did have the dongle, but he was in Denver. Uh, well, let me finish the story. Yep. Because people might be wondering, why do I care that this this peacock is like when you're doing video production, and every time you say a word, the peacock goes off. Right? It added more character to the video. And then, the, then, and then of course, the uh, garbage truck shows up. Yeah, you were not having a good day with the filming thing. No, right? because we had just broken the windshield on the lightning, so we have this the world's biggest crack, you know, on a new truck, which we obviously can't have for video production. So I was already bummed out about that and now I've got the peacock doing its thing the garbage truck like slamming garbage cans into it and I'm trying to do like this you know interesting moment in this video where we're seeing if we can actually charge the mini with the SE so what did we end up doing we, we did charge it but we had well we so had basically the, what we did is we just used the standard wall outlet that the is, truck comes with which is slow well we'd have to be there for like hours to get five percent to get to no. the office so the mini has what a 30 kilowatt hour battery yeah so and it said it would have taken until like six o'clock the next day oh right it would not yeah it was not happening so we really got to recover off of 240 volts but we had to go drag racing so andre showed up in his power boost which is the hybrid f-150 which has the same 7.2 kilowatt 240 volt inverter so we leave andre plugs in the mini and he only needs to charge it instead of hours for like 17 minutes that got four or five percent into the mini battery and then they were able to limp it to the office and once again they show up to the office with zero like it's it's done done yeah so it's completely out of power when they get back to the office but you know 17 minutes of charging they got the four or five miles to get here and then what we did is um, the next day we left it completely empty overnight which you really shouldn't do with an electric car but you know it was okay left it completely empty and then we brought the lightning in fully charged the next day and we wanted to see if we could completely charge the mini using nothing but the electricity in the lightning battery pack. And we did. And those videos are coming uh, to alltfl.com. Yep. Or TFLEV. Yeah, they're on TFLEV if you want to see part one and part two of the uh, charging debacle. Or they're there already. I don't know, because this airs on Monday and we're recording. Oh, yeah, they will hopefully be uploaded. If we, if we can get them edited. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a little confusing because of the time lag. Um, so you said something interesting, which we should also talk about. So we had to go drag racing. Where do we go drag racing and what do we drag race? Well, you wanted to take the Lightning to one of those run what you- That was your idea. Yeah, it was my idea. Um, but I'll give you credit because you made it happen, but we wanted to take the Lightning to the run what you brung night at our local drag strip. Bandamere. Yeah, which is actually national NHRA, it's a big deal. Um, but the idea is you show up on a Wednesday night and you can run anything for as many times as you want, and it's just a fun thing call to do. Call it Test and Tune? Yeah. Do you know why it was not busy Wednesday night? Why? I figured it out. So was there, was there like maybe 50 cars the there? Stanley Cup. Oh. The Avalanche. Oh, that's right. That's why everybody was gone, because uh, usually, it's, usually a, it's hundreds of cars. Hundreds of cars. This time it was like 50 or 60. It was nice, because you got to do a lot of runs. Well, it was nice, but I really wanted to race like Mustangs and Camaros, and, and like... 
the, 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 the night has been infiltrated by Teslas. Yeah, so we line up and there's literally like, we're the, we're the only ones there and there's maybe eight cars there. Mm -hmm. At this point I look and there's a Model X, a Model S Plaid, a Model Y, a Model 3 Performance, a Jaguar, and a uh, TRX. Yeah, that and, was it. and then throughout the night, more cars showed up. I think yeah. there was probably a hundred or so that showed but, up. But yeah, because electric cars are so darn quick. I think people in electric cars just show up at these things and embarrass everybody else. It's pretty cool, though, because uh, basically you line up in two lanes and then you go bloop, and whoever's next to you, you race. So sometimes you could be racing a guy in a diesel truck, you could be racing a guy in a motorcycle, you could be racing a gal in a Tesla, you could be racing whoever at any time. A gal in a CTSV. Ooh, yeah. I was racing. So uh, you lined up the first time against the Model 3 Performance. Why don't you spill the beans and tell them what happened? Well, the, the um, Lightning ran 12.8 in yeah, the quarter. Yeah. The Model 3 ran 11.6, so it was about a second faster in the Tesla. But that's still amazing, Tommy. You've got a full-size pickup truck that weighs almost 7,000 pounds, right? That, that's actually, you know, nose to nose for the most part with a Model 3 performance. And that was a performance. He had the red brake caliper. So I think a regular Model 3, you probably would have taken. And to put it, put it in perspective, there was a guy who was a really experienced drag racer. He just bought a TRX yeah. from Brighton Ford, actually. Oh, nice. He test drove ours before he bought it. Oh, did you talk to him? Yeah. Okay. It was a 2021. Um, and he's a, he just sold, he actually traded an M5 for his TRX. He traded an M5 on a TRX. Yep. Holy and um, I was talking to him and he's and he was running like 13s in the TRX throughout the night. Keep in mind we're a mile above sea level. It's a yeah. big heavy truck, but yeah. 700 horsepower. He's running 13s consistently. The Lightning, everyone was like 12.8, 12.9, 12.8, 12 12.81, 12.9. I mean, it was like we did eight runs throughout the night. And the, the time discrepancy over eight runs was like 12.802 up to 12.91 was, I think, the slowest, or 12.92. I mean, it was like 0.1 or 0.2 of a second between every single run. So you embarrassed a Mustang GT, a previous gen. I think it was a GT. I don't know. I was, I was filming. Uh, no, that stands. was two gens old, okay, and so that turned out to be a V6. So that was not right, much yeah, of an Yeah, because he ran a 17. So. Yeah, he was not killing but, it. But I beat a 700-horsepower tuned CTSV. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Because, yeah, of course, with the gas car, especially rear-wheel drive one, you have to really be good to launch the car and, and get the launch right. The Ford is just like, <laughs> you just put your foot down, and then bloop. You hit cross the line. And it's weird because like, part of me loves racing electric cars because drag racing because they're so quick and they're so uh, easy. But part of me is kind of also doesn't love it because they're so quick and so easy, right? There's really no skill. It's a, you're like a computer, right? You're, it's going to get the same time. As long as you get that start right, everything else doesn't matter. There's no shifting. There's no like, you know, messing with the throttle versus the clutch, right? If you have a manual car, uh, there's no like... You don't even, especially when these all-wheel drive cars, you go into a burnout, right? All the cool stuff. Uh, like, remember we had the, we went on the Demon launch, and that had that special drag race brake, right? The tra is it a trans brake, mm -hmm. right? Which takes a lot of skill. So, you know, skill is hard, but it also makes it fun when you master it. Whereas with electric cars, there's not a lot of mastery of anything. And they're also kind of untunable in some ways, right? It's, it's like you can't put a supercharger on them and make them quicker or put, uh, you know, run, uh, let's say, um, methanol, right? Ethanol, and make it uh, quicker. So it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is the Lightning is not 
designed to be a drag race truck. It, it, like the TRX is designed to be a performance truck. This is designed to be an all electric F-50. But even still, it was so cool that you could run such a quick time consistently over and over and over. And we didn't use that much charge. I think we showed up with 50 something and we left with 40 something over eight runs in the course of a, an hour or so. So it really didn't use a lot of battery. And uh, I was super impressed with it, how consistent it was. And the fun thing about drag racing too, on these one you brung nights, is your, your, your end time at the end of the drag strip is completely uh, separate from your uh, reaction times. Do you know that? Yeah, I know. So but your reaction time, it does, does not play at all into your, your trap speed. But the winner is whoever crosses the... Sure, so yeah. So you, you can have a faster trap speed. Right. And you can have a faster trap time, but if you cross the finish line later, you lose. Well, it's, so I mean, if you, if you, it's if, not, not unless well, you're because, betting money. Like No, you lose the race. Sure. So <laughs> let's, let's say that you're, you're, you had bad reaction. I don't think you had bad reaction time. I think somebody actually made this point in the comments. Like you, you take off when the little Christmas tree turns orange. You don't wait for it to turn green. Look, I drive a 70s Volkswagen and a classic Mini. I'm not exactly out drag racing very often. There's like a half a foot of rollout, right? So when you, sure. when you floor it and you floor it at the orange light, you hopefully cross that laser beam when it turns green, and then you've got an incredibly quick reaction time. So... Uh, I raced a girl in the uh, C- 7 horsepower CTSV, uh, and her reaction time was like 0.79. Sure. Like almost a second, and mine was like 0.28. Uh, and so while she had a quicker quarter mile time, I crossed the finish line first because of my reaction time. And right. that was just because I knew the secret. It wasn't, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm like, she also had a really bad start, though. She got a lot of wheel spin. Well, yeah, that's another thing with the, the truck. It's all wheel drive. Yeah, you just go, boop. Yeah, and it's funny. Let's talk about that. Um, for some reason, and this, this, you know, every new vehicle uh, has some kind of bugaboo that everybody like, 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 like gravitates to and and starts making a big deal out of. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. We, we, no, you don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. Sure. Like, what am I talking about? Uh, like the Bronco Raptor doesn't have a V8, and everybody freaks out about that. No, it's no that that's close. But there's something that that is part of the vehicle that creates controversy, and maybe we could talk. I, I could probably come off just off the top of my head. I could probably come come up with like three or four of those. So let me give you the best example, and this is in the truck world. The Tundra. What's the controversy? There's one big controversy that everybody the no tow hooks exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so the big controversy on the Lightning is that for some reason Ford decided to go 50-50 split, right? Everybody's like, well, why don't they give it a smaller motor in the front? Because the motors are identical. And so when you floor it, you actually chirp your front wheels as if it were front-wheel drive, even though you've got all-wheel drive. And that's because you're sending the identical amount of power to the front and the rear, and you've got two identical motors in terms of how much power and torque they put out. Like in a Tesla, there's always a bigger motor in the back versus a smaller motor in the front. Uh, and people are saying that that's odd. I don't know if that's odd. It, it's it's a decision that Ford made. What do you think? It works. So I don't think it's odd. I mean, it's not. It's one of those you know tempest in a teapot that people will make a lot of. I don't. I've, I actually haven't heard that very often. The one thing I hear I've heard that a lot. The one thing I hear all the time is towing range with the Lightning. That's the thing everyone's all freaked out that's about. That's just all electric vehicles. That's but it's not specific to. They see that doesn't work because all electric vehicles and actually all gas vehicles. I have not seen a single post complaining about the, the front and rear motor bias. Oh, I have in a, seen a lot. Lightning. Yeah, I've seen a lot of discussion. Because the you Rivian, gotta go, the, go on the Lightning. Forum. Isn't the Rivian the same? The Rivian is four identical motors, so you'd have the same power. Yeah, in the front but they, they 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 change the power output. And the Ford actually actually it's not true. Ford changes the power output on the Lightning too, because when you're cruising, Andre pointed this out. You it's front wheel drive. Front wheel yeah. drive. Bias. But when you floor it, right, many of the manufacturers 
Uh, this is another big bugaboo. Are right? we 100% sure they give exactly the same power? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's 50-50. It shows you on the I bet it's display. one of those things where if you talk to the engineer, be like, that's a common misconception. We actually provide less Audi voltage. Audi just had that whole, it was the th big thing with Audi where there was a controversy about where it sends its power, and Audi yeah, said it's 50-50, but it wasn't. Like it doesn't matter. You, you floor it, you get a little chirp out of the front end, and you take off. I mean, it's not like a big deal. And actually, I'd rather have more power in an unladen truck in the front end anyways, because if you put all the power to the back in a pickup truck, you got no weight in the back. That's not true, though, because the Lightning, we weighed on the cat scale, and it was perfect 50-50 weight distribution. Which is pretty cool. So it's got to be one of the truck. only pickups where we have a perfect 50-50 weight distribution. All right, let me give you another, another example of this one. These little, like, bugaboos that people either don't know about or they find out about. Model X. What did we figure out about the Model X, and why is it breaking U-joints? Uh, well, the Model X is this, uh, the CV angles are too steep in normal ride height, and they'll start to wear out faster. So you have to put it in, like, if you floor it hard because it's sending so much torque to the wheels, you have to lower it so that the CV angle is straight as opposed to bent, because otherwise you're putting too much torque through mm. it. Hang on, i got to make sure this camera's still rolling. Okay, I'll keep talking while you're exploring the, the camera. Yeah, but it's still rolling. Okay, all right, should we do some other cars like that? Do you think of other cars where there's always, like, a little bugaboo? I'm calling it a bugaboo. He has a very 1930s word. <laughs> don't, don't critique my vocabulary. <laughs> come, up with, come up with another car. So I'll give you another one. All right. I'll give you the car, okay, and you tell me the bugaboo. Okay. Golf R. Infotainment. No, one more. It, it, that is the biggest problem no, with the golf no, one R. More. Infotainment. Uh, uh, golf R ID4. Same problem. Infotainment. No. What is the problem? Come on, there's one, one, Volkswagen made one decision which is weird, which people can't stand. What is it? The window switches. That is not a Golf R. The Golf R is normal window okay, switches. Okay, so, so ID4. Yeah, you can't. So I said ID4. You said Golf R first, though. Said, okay, ID4. Yeah, it's got only front window switches. Right, yeah. so you have to toggle between the front and the back. Right. Why would you do that? Uh, just to be weird and there's unique. another one in the Save ID. money. There's another one in the ID4. The uh, no front trunk. Exactly. Yeah. No yeah, front trunk. But that's like every, that's a lot of EVs, so too. Like the Mini has no front uh, trunk. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. Well, now we're now we're in the we're in the EVs, right? Uh, Mercedes Benz EQS. And you did a whole video on this. Mm, and can't video, open the hood. Exactly. The video is yeah. very popular. Why can't you open the hood? The, they just don't want you looking underneath there. It's a dealer <laughs> thing. IDIX is like that. BMW X is like that too. You can't open the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so what do you got going on this week? Do you have anything fun going on? You know, on? like this, I think I think our listeners are enjoying this, trying to figure out what the bugaboos are on these cars because they're, you know, they're enthusiasts. Okay. Any more you can think of? Not really. All right, let's think of some of the cars that we drove. All right, here's another one. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to EV6. Is there one on the EV6? No. There's one on the Mach-E. The Mach-E has a pretty... Uh, uh, don't tell me. All right. Give me okay, Mach-E. Okay, Mach-E. All right. Thinking hard about the Mach-E. Door handles? No. Okay, not the door handles. Uh, it's the charging curve. Oh, what's wrong with the charging It's curve? just, it's got this weird step charging curve where it almost dives at 80%. So, so it's it got like, a very slow like holds, charging curve. It holds a lot of power and then at the end of it, it just falls off a cliff. Is that what you're saying? Yep, basically right. All right. Um, it's actually based on time. It's when based on when you plug it in. So it'll hold a certain amount for a certain time period. And then uh, it'll it'll step down in these weird increments, um, and then when you hit eighty, it goes down really really quickly. Well, what are some other cars? We, new cars that you've recently driven that you just went on a program for? Uh, the I think the um, yeah the Bronco had one. Oh, the Bronco. Okay, let me the Bron Bronco Raptor. No, just a normal Bronco. A normal Bronco has a bugaboo. Yeah. 
Uh, give me a hint. The hard top. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the little squeaking. The squeaking of the lamination. Actually, there's a, there's a worse one in the soft top. Which, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The, um, the rear, rear quarter windows are, are wavy. Yeah, so you can we, we, we have uh, partnered on some of our videos with uh, Best Top, and they do a soft top for it. And if you, you can always tell the difference between the Best Top one. The rear window is dead flat like you would expect, whereas the factory window is wavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's always a giveaway. So every time now... Uh, I see a Bronco with a soft top. I can't unsee that wavy rear window. That's true. Yeah. So what else have we gone on? What other cars? I'm trying to think of what, what the new introductions that we've done. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what did I go on? I'm completely... Oh, Mini. We just did the Mini trip. Yeah, I Mini. Mean, I don't think... But that wasn't any new cars. No. They, were, they were all the usual cars. Oh, yeah. The M3 has one, of course. Oh, give me a hint. Oh, the seats. No. The carbon fiber seats. That, well, that's another one. But what's the big one? What is the, the big grill? The, the big beaver teeth yeah, that's grill? The, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a big country. That's what everybody gets stuck on. Yeah, I know. That's, God, it's probably so many uh, forms have been filled up. So what trips are you going on this week? So, uh, yeah, coming up, I'm going to go to Salt Lake City uh, and drive the new Cadillac EV, uh, the Lyric, Tommy. And I'm super excited uh, because, uh, you know, GM has kind of been in a weird position with electric vehicles, right? They came out with the Hummer EV. Mm-hmm. which sold out, uh, and they did really well. But then uh, I think it's fair to say that the uh, Bolt has been a bit of a train wreck uh, in terms of sales because, obviously, they had a recall on it. Uh, a similar recall, uh, actually, this week with the Mach-E, except they're saying that the Mach-E can also catch fire or potentially cause overheating problems. But they said they can fix that with an over-the-air update. Mm. With the Bolt, uh, you had to get an entire battery replacement, uh, which set them back. But then they did something smart, and they dropped the price by 6000 which good. is a huge amount. Yeah, that was good. And then um, the Lyric is a new Cadillac electric car. Yeah, that's what I'm going on to Salt and, Lake City to drive. And now. we also learned a little bit about the Blazer EVSS, right? The yeah. new electric Blazer. And then uh, we've, we've also heard talk about the uh, Cadillac Celestique. Which is pretty cool. So that's going to be. A Why do they have to make these like weird names? Lyric, Celestique. If I were them, I would just go back to the, you know. I mean, Cadillac has such a. Deep, they do have good names. Deep yeah. stable of cool names, right? That that harken back to like its glory days. And they're using Lyric and Celestique. It sounds like you know what Celestique sounds like. It sounds like you know a type of uh, herbal tea that Celestial Seasons <laughs> would make, doesn't it? Yeah, it's true. I knew Celestique. If you think that, uh, what's the slumber one called? Uh, the, the one that's really popular. I don't drink tea. Sleepy time. Oh, yes, you do drink tea. Not not hot tea. If you think that sleepy time isn't good enough, try Celestique. I will take Celestique over ATS and CTS and DTS and yeah. Um, but I'll take Eldorado, I'll take Eldorado and over all of those. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Or Coupe de Ville. Yeah, so are you excited to drive the Lyric? Yeah, how about you? What are you going to drive? I'm going to go drive another Bronco version, actually. So this one's going to be called the Everglades, which is kind of their adventure one with the snorkel. And I think I'm going to be doing some mudding because we're going to northern Michigan. Have you ever been up there in, like, Traverse City? Is it Traverse City? Yeah. Yeah, No, I've never been to Traverse City. That's where I'm flying into. So I'm really excited to go see what the off-roading's like in Michigan. Well, you've been doing some mudding at our uh, new uh, pond off-road course. Plenty of mudding over there. Yeah, and that's the other thing I'm doing today. I'm doing um, Bronco Raptor versus uh, Bronco Sasquatch. So should you go for the 37 inches on the Raptor and the craziness, or is the 35s good enough for you? So that video is coming. And don't we have somebody coming to the ranch to test out their vehicle? I have no idea. Is that true? I think there's a guy coming with an Xterra maybe. No, you told me. You said there's somebody coming with a Baja bug. 
Oh, oh that, yeah, this that's is your not, video. That's not to test out the vehicle, though. That would die immediately. No, that's a classics video. Um, my, but just Brendan, we're going to do a classics video on this really cool um, 70s Volkswagen Baja that he's doing. So, uh, so we'll have that up coming soon. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, what's coming up on uh, your sneak peek at what's coming up on uh, TFL Studios in the next seven days in terms of videos. Uh, The one I'm super excited about, and that may be already published, is we did a drag race, and we wanted to be the first to drag race the Lightning versus the TRX versus the uh, Rivian. uh, That'll be really cool. Versus the, uh, basically the hybrid. Power Boost Power Boost, yeah, so that that video is also up there, I think, by now. Uh, And the results of that were certainly interesting. The most interesting was, you know, TRX versus Lightning. Yeah, really cool stuff. I'm not going to give it away, so you got to watch it. Yeah, so be sure to kind of check out TFL Truck if you want to see all that. All right, so as I wrap this up, uh, you're, you're a, a, you know, you own a Jeep. How much lust do you have for the new Bronco Raptor? Well, I have I, a lot of lust for it. I don't have, I mean. Some, somebody offered us one, sorry, and I turned it down. I kind of feel like, like I shouldn't have now, but it's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't have, I mean, the issue is, is we already have the Bronco Sasquatch. Yeah. And this is a very impressive vehicle, but I'm kind of just too rational about it. For its use case, which is high-speed desert running, yeah. if I lived in Johnson Valley, I'd be all over it. But, but, but people don't use it for that. But that's how I think. And yeah. I just, I know that this would be pretty miserable on a lot of Colorado trails because it's just too wide. So for that reason, I don't have a huge amount of lust for it. But if you do have a chance to go drive it fast... At speed in the dirt. It's hard to get any better. Yeah, but when you're driving it around on the streets, it kind of defines badass. The downside for me, especially now, is, and one of the reasons, you know, as much as I hated to see the TRX go, is fuel economy, right? No, it's not a problem. This is not a problem? Uh, no. Fuel economy? What, what's, what's the combined MPG? It's like 15, but it's not a problem. What do you mean? It's not a problem. It's a problem. This is an $80,000 vehicle. Yeah. It's going to be $150,000 with markups. If you can afford one hundred and fifty grand for a Bronco... You're not going to be worried about 15 MPG. I would. Uh, let's, let, that's a weird thing. It, here, here's something weird, okay? Let's say that uh, I won the lottery. Yep. Fair enough. Half a billion dollars. Yep. And I could afford to pay 150000 for that, right? Yep. Every time I would fill it up, I would still feel bad, even though I knew I had whatever, $300 million in the bank after I took the one-time payout. It doesn't work that way. I would just feel, you know, you, there's just something when... When you're like born without a lot of money, it, you just you just feel bad spending money. Well, so you even probably if, even if I had that money, I would feel bad. Spending. So you probably wouldn't buy a Bronco Raptor in the first place, then, because if you can if you can justify well, told, spending t- hundred fifty grand on a Bronco, I told you, you that that's why I felt bad about like you know driving the TRX or the fuel economy was just. Every time you went to fill it up, you just felt like, ugh. Huh. All right. Well, let us know what you think in the comments below. And maybe that's why you feel better about the lightning, because you plug it in at home at night, right? And you're getting 13 cents, I think, kilowatt hour, right? Yeah, but you sort of spent 80 grand on a truck. If you want to save money on gas. <laughs> oh, no, it's not logical. It's these not th- logical. <laughs> these things are not logical. Money is not logical. I was listening to NPR uh, and Shankar, whatever his name is, does a thing called the Hidden Brain, and he's been doing these like uh, things about how we think about money. And the way we think about money is not logical. It has nothing to do with logic. It has a lot to do with kind of our reptilian brain, unfortunately. So, all right, well, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Yep. I got a lot to do, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Yeah, thanks for watching, and remember, uh, alltfl.com, and of course, TFL bids if you want the new, uh, well, the new to you, Golf R. See you guys next time. Ciao. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.